and welcome to Podcast Me Anything and Ask Me Anything for all things podcasting. I'm your host, Ben Cloy, and I'm joined here in the studio with Matthew Passy, the podcast consultant. Matthew and I wanted to move the conversations beyond the podcasting 101 topics and move into the intermediate to advanced podcasting strategy to reach your goals, to interact with the show, submit your questions to be answered live, book a podcast live with Matthew, or find the notes from today's show, head on over to podcastmeanything.com. Welcome back to Podcast Me Anything. I am your host, Ben Cloy, and I am joined by the myth and the legend all at the same time, Matthew Passy, founder and owner of The Podcast Consultant. Wow, thank you. That's quite the intro today. Hey, I'm working. I'm, I'm trying to up my podcasting game here. <laughs> and in Podcast Me Anything, it's all about growth and sitting on the edge of growth and taking risks. So I felt like that intro was a big risk. All right. Well, I think I, I appreciate it. I think it paid off. Well, today's major news topic that I want to talk about is how do we not get lost in all the, the like the the high value noise of like companies like Wonderly, iHeartMedia, and any other high media podcast company that pod, Apple Podcast works with, with Spotify works with, and how do we not get lost that our podcast can't fit in there, or maybe that now is not a good time for podcasting because there's just too much money in it, and I can't be like them or compete with them because I think this thought really can help either. You can get through it and launch your podcast despite this news or any other news related to media companies, or you can also get frustrated and not launch at all. Well, I mean, I think it takes a lot of perspective, and this is a conversation that tends to come up often in the podcasting space, right? First, when we hit this 1 million podcasts, then recently when we hit this 2 million podcasts, then when you see that new and noteworthy is, you know, cluttered with famous celebrities launching podcasts, comedians doing podcasts, politicians, media networks, right? Like as more consumer brands have jumped in the podcasting fray, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, GM, right? All these big corporate entities are launching podcasts. And so you sit there thinking to yourself, what's the point, right? How am I supposed to compete with all that? When the truth is, it's exactly why, like what's great about podcasting is that you can compete with all of those entities. You don't need to match the largest podcasters in the world. You don't need to be the next Joe Rogan to be a success in podcasting, especially if you're doing this for your business or your brand. Think about your niche. Think about where you fit in, where there is an opening in the audience, uh, you know, an opening within the the audience landscape uh, to to fit yourself in there and don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Uh, I remember talking to a client who wanted to launch another a podcast about accounting, right? He was an accountant and this is what he does. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to you know, launch a podcast talking about accounting practices. Like, okay, but as far as I'm concerned, two plus two equals four, no matter how people deliver that information in a podcast. So that's a very busy, crowded space, right? He didn't have a unique angle to what he was going to talk about. So we talked and we discussed and we found a unique angle for him. And now he has a podcast that is accomplishing his goals, which is getting more clients for his accounting business without having to sit on there and just talk about accounting, which millions of other people do. The same is true for all of the different large media corporations, large personalities that are out here. You know, if you are trying to be the next so-and-so, yeah. Then you are then you are probably wasting your time spinning your wheels and going into an overcrowded field. But you know, most of the people that I get to work with, or most of the people who I've helped launch podcasts, the ones who have been super successful, it's always been either, you know, 
I, I have a very small niche and, and I just want to talk to them. It's like, great, talk to them. If nobody else is talking to them, talk to them. Or it's always someone who's like, you know, I was looking for a podcast about X and I couldn't find it. So then I launched it. Perfect. If you can't find another podcast that fits your needs, your goals, there are probably other people who feel the same way. Go out there, hit that niche, hit those, hit those goals and you'll be fine. And again, don't worry about the front page of the Apple podcasting store. Most people, we don't window shop podcasts, right? We don't scroll through the store like, la da da, what am I going to listen to today, right? It's not the mall. So put out good content, get your audience to be your advocate and tell other people about your show. You'll be way more successful than if you're trying to game the system and get on new and noteworthy. I love that because it reminds me of some professional speaking advice that I've learned in my objective to become a professional speaker and that you don't have to be Will Smith and you don't have to have amazing story of credentials to like people want to hear your story and put you on stage to share that story. That there's a third category of the surprise and delight category. That if you create content or a keynote in this example that surprises and delight the audience for entertainment and gives value to them that they normally couldn't get or didn't think they even need, it's this third category that allows a person from the side without being known that just has a great message to actually rise and make money from what they're trying to do. And I think that's what you're hinting at with podcasting is you don't have to be someone in Hollywood. You don't have to have a idea that's going to be accepted by Wonderly. You don't have to have the next true crime podcast that's going to go viral like Serial. You don't have to have any of those. You really just need an idea in an empty space that isn't being competed right now. And I actually want to pivot to our first deep dive question today is, will it fly? And this is a podcasting question that whether you're any podcaster or a business podcaster, it's almost like I've got an idea, but how do you like pressure test it? And in business, it's even more important because in indie, sometimes you're just exploring the idea and you start the podcast to explore. But in business, time's valuable and the energy and money you're paying to produce a podcast is important. So when you think about a business podcast and when you think of like most business podcasts start with, ooh, let's do a podcast as like a marketing communication idea. How do you narrow them down? Because most of them probably don't have the right questions to get to that idea and then pressure test it. Will it fly? You know, I guess that comes with a, a few disclaimers. I, I'm not sure, but there's a few things you have to think about when thinking about if you're going to launch a podcast. So one, to your point about what you were just saying before, like, I think another way that people are very successful in this space is by doing something different. Yes, you can be another accounting podcast if you can bring a unique personality or a unique spin to that topic. If you're just going up there to espouse the same facts and statistics that everybody else is doing, right, there's a lot of other people out there and you're probably not going to make any inroads. But if you can do something different, unique, you know, test the format a little bit, right? There are, you know, there are people who are just trying totally different unique things that we've never seen before. And that's usually what gets those shows to rise to the top to get a buzz. It's because somebody's doing something that made somebody else go, what? Huh? Well, that's interesting, right? Like if you're just doing the same old, same old, eh, you might have some success. You might have a big enough network that you'll, you'll pull a lot of downloads out of them and, and be happy with the results. But for the most part, if you're doing the same old, you're not really going to move the needle. So just just going back to that point, as far as how to kind of market test your idea for a podcast, 
Unfortunately, it takes time, right? Unfortunately, what really happens is you have to know, A, why am I doing this podcast, which we talked about last week, right? Like having your goals laid out pretty pretty well, but you're going to have to give it time. You can't launch a podcast, do two episodes and be like, that, that didn't work, I'm done, right? Because it takes time to build traction. It takes time to build an audience. It takes time for people to get used to what you're doing. It takes time to break people out of their other podcast habitual listening to insert your content into what it is that you are doing. So it, it's, I guess it's less about how do you test the market for it, right? You can't really know how the market is gonna respond to your podcast until you put that content out there. It's really more about are you using this medium for the right reasons? Are you differentiating yourself from everybody else? Are you bringing a unique voice and a unique twist? Are you offering value to your listeners that stands out from something that they're going to get from somebody else, right? Like I just said a few minutes ago, if you are just going to be just another blah, 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 well, I can already go and listen to blah, blah, blah. I don't really need to listen to you, right? This other person has time on their side, experience on their side. They've built a relationship with me on their side. And so if you're just trying to emulate what they do, you're going to face a pretty, pretty steep uphill climb. The only way you're really going to pull people away is if you offer them something different, unique, more fun, more valuable, um, or you create a stronger connection with that audience. Some people get so big that they just can't connect with the audience anymore. They can't reply to the comments, the reviews, the social love, uh, you know, the voicemails, the emails, whatever it is. And at some point the audience gets frustrated or maybe that person is, you know, filling their show with so many ads that it, it feels like one long commercial instead of really valuable content. So I, I'm not sure you can put content out there or like, I'm not sure that you could say to yourself, ah, before we launch this, I'm going to, I'm going to test the market. I think the only way you can really test the market is put it out there and, and test the market. There was one question that I've, either you were circling around, but I want to make sure we dive into it because in business, it's often said businesses to exist to solve a problem. How important is it for a business podcast to solve a problem versus creating something that's in entertainment and maybe just adds value to their thought leadership? Well, I mean, entertainment is value, right? Like, you know, don't when we say add value, we're not saying that every single podcast you listen to has to be knowledge, has to be new ideas, right? You don't have to walk away from a podcast with the next way to streamline your business, make a million dollars, lose weight, right? Like, yes, for most businesses, what that's what they are trying to do is convey information, convey, you know, solutions for people. But entertainment is a solution to a problem. Companionship is a solution to a problem. You know, on Cause Pods, many of the people that we talk to there, uh, for a lot of them, the podcast is therapeutic. And it might not be the solution to every listener's problem. Maybe it's just the solution for the host problem. But having a platform where they can talk about an issue provides value to other people that could be facing the same issue. So value doesn't always mean it's an exchange of time for information or time for solutions. 
entertainment can can absolutely be a value. Now, that being said, it is uncommon for businesses to be entertaining, <laughs> right? Like that's usually the bigger stick up is that in an effort to make sure that a business is projecting themselves in the best light, they will not take the risks that are necessary to be funny, entertaining, interesting, whatever else, you know, that it could work, uh, you know, that could work for them. But, but yeah, I mean, I I've said to a lot of companies that the best brand podcast is not a giant commercial for your product, but it's the podcast that your company would put out. Even if you're, even if their name was not attached to it, right? If you're a, a general motors, right? Like nobody wants the truck cast podcast where all you do is read off the specs of every new truck that GM is putting out. It's not going to be a very interesting podcast and it's just serving as a giant commercial. But if you can do something related to, you know, the history of, of truck development or truck racing, or, you know, just something that, that is a match with the culture of your targeted audience. It just happens to be brought to you by GM. It's more likely to be successful. What I like in that is a couple of different things. I had an idea. It's almost like a progressive commercial, not yet a podcast sponsor, but a podcast from like progressive and how like their advertising with flow are very entertaining and laughable, but they're still underneath. They're making you progressive be the top of mind when you do want to buy a quote for auto insurance, but they still bring a personality like flow is the personality that people think of with progressive. And I was also thinking about is if you think of most people like big companies will have a brand personality of like, what's the voice of their brand? What types of jokes can their brand say without like offending someone? Like they have this idea and almost thinking it from what would the personality of your brand show up and do a podcast about if you necessarily weren't like worried about all the different things that could happen? Like what's the personality? What's they curious about learning this brand personality that you have? And I'm almost thinking like Cabela's also would be like, if I own Cabela's and the Cabela's was a personality, I would just love hearing people using Cabela equipment to create amazing adventure. And just hearing how like the little things that Cabela could sell was part of that story and how they used it and whatever crazy story or Land Rover is another adventure one where just highlighting people using Land Rovers in really crazy, cool ways and hearing those stories being told. Like they don't have to be connected like you were talking about, but at the same time, it's like the personality of the brand coming to life. And if the personality was a podcast, how would it show up? How would the tone be? What kind of jokes, what kind of format would that personality really enjoy listening to? I mean, you, you raise a great point and the perfect example of what it is you were talking about is the Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl is, it's a football game. But for many of us, we watch, we watch for the corporate commercials that are going to take place. And when we talk about the commercials the next day, we are usually not talking about the commercials that, you know, that latest GM ad was very informative. I learned a lot about catalytic converters and exactly what kind of fuel efficiency I would be getting out of my car. No, it's the one that tells the best joke, that does the funniest thing, that that gives you a reaction, that makes you feel something that makes you remember something fun and special. And so, you know, a lot of that is reserved for the Super Bowl, 
right? Because of news coverage, everything like that. But to your point, I think brands would benefit a lot by thinking about that emotional response that people get from commercials um, or get from their branding messaging if they did it more often. I was just reminded of WD-40, an odd tangent here, but WD-40 is just a blue can. But their brand and their whole culture is really something worth studying. But the reason they exist is to create memories with family because this blue can is something everyone can always remember their dad using. And that memory of that can is almost instantaneous. So almost if WD-40 were to do a podcast, that podcast could easily just highlight, what do you remember about the WD-40 growing up with your dad or memories with my dad and WD-40 can? Like those memories that nostalgically connect you to something that maybe you haven't thought about and value, that is something that just more intrinsically connects you to the brand. Not because you're like, you care about the WD-40 brand and maybe you don't even need a WD-40 can you're just going to think of them in a more positive way and enjoy their content. So I think to sum it up and put kind of a bow on it, the test for will it fly is, are you doing something almost at the edge of what you think you normally should do? Like you probably should, if you think you're at one edge or how far, far from your back from the edge before getting to launch, you probably almost want to push it two steps further because I think it's the more edgy the podcast is for a brand. I think you'll have better uh, lift under it to go back to the question of will it fly because I think if you don't go far enough away from what you generally do or try something different and really put your best idea on the table, you're probably not going to have the best chance for a liftoff. And it's the fear that a brand maybe could be to get in their own head and kind of go forward and get stuck on that. Is that kind of repeating back what you said kind of? I, I think that is a, a great way to put it. And I would add just one more piece, which is it's also okay to reach out to trusted friends, colleagues, whatever, and let them listen to your content. Um, but you have to press them. And the reason why I say that is because so often we turn to our friends and family and colleagues and we're looking for true, honest feedback. And most people just want to be polite and say, oh man, that was great. That was great. Well, if all you're asking them is what do you think, then yeah, you're probably just going to get either someone who barely listened, who's, you know, blowing you off by saying that was great. You probably have to turn to that person and be like, I need to know what's wrong with it, right? Like you have to force someone to really give you constructive criticism. You don't have to always take it, but at least if you force them to answer the question, what is wrong with it? And, you know, really find someone who, you know, is honest and critical and, you know, you'll have to have a little bit of a thick skin for this, but really brutal with you about that. Uh, that's your best chance of getting some real, real feedback before you launch. That's that's probably the best thing you can do as far as a market test, if uh, you know, to kind of add to all the what we just said. And I could easily see with doing that of even using your email list as a business. Almost every business has an email list. Use some people that are willing to like maybe your heavy hitters, the people that are always opening every email you send filter them out in your email and send them this special piece of content that you know they're probably going to open because they read all your other emails and look for direct feedback from the people that are going to be reaching out from the initial place. Like the first place a business is going to launch your podcast is in their email list and talk it to the people they already communicate with. So even going and taking what you just said and going right to the source with the select people that you know are really loyal that read every email, that could also be a good way to hit some more rubber on the road and get that feedback that I believe really kind of almost hones in the aerodynamics of your podcast to make sure it does fly when it does take off. 
Yeah, just see how many people unsubscribe from your list after you send it. Then you'll know whether or not you have a good product. <laughs> that is also a good test. Or they're like, yes, I am done listening to this episode. I am done listening to this brand because now they've officially upset me and I'm done. Yeah, uh, uh, enough of these two, right? <laughs> yes, no. I now have a voice in my head for this brand and it's too much. So let's go ahead and pivot to the final session of this episode. And it's a question to you of a, probably a common question, but I think as I've edited many like cause pods episodes for you, the one thing that I'm always looking at and being like, really is their website. And to me, it's like, it's like walking into, I think we've talked about it, walking into your lobby in the last episode about like, what's that first feeling. And I'm wondering what are some like quick hits to quick test your website of, does it look like a train wreck or is it good enough? Because there's also one question that kind of haunts me as a podcaster as well. Are there improvements for my website? Yes. Are there things that I know that probably would improve it and make it look better? Yes. But how do you really know, like, when does it deserve energy out of all the things you're trying to make better? And like, what is really like killing your growth? Like, what are those like quick things that you need to know from a casualty point? Like your website is bleeding. You need to triage on it and tighten it up because you're losing listeners just by the appearance of what they land on. So the one of the big things that people usually struggle with on their website for their podcast is it they think they have all the components on there and it takes too many scrolls to get to what it is you're doing or it takes too many clicks. If your website is specifically for podcasting, right? All you have is a podcast and that's what your website is for. Or if this is the podcasting pages of your website, there are three things that all those pages must have. And if you can't do those three things on any page, then you probably need to redesign one, every page to make it possible for you to listen to content. So whether it's your homepage featuring a trailer or your latest episode, or if it's an episode page is featuring the, you know, the embedded player from your hosting platform, right? Like that should be one of the first things on every podcast page is the ability for someone to hit play and listen to your content. If I have to scroll and find it, or if I have to click a button to reveal the player, or if I have to click a button that takes me to a different page, right off your website, or like, you know, one of those blank pages with the player going across the bottom of it, that's a big red flag. That's a big no, no, no one is going to stay with your content. If that's the experience, I should go to your website. I should be able to hit play. So if you can't do that, you probably have to reevaluate what it is you're doing. Uh, number two, if I go to your website and after I hit play, I enjoy what you're doing, I should be able to subscribe. So we talked about this a little bit last week, but Apple, Google, at the very least, buttons to Apple, Google, Spotify, maybe Amazon. Those three buttons should appear below every player or on your sidebar or in your footer or at the top of your post page. But like once you've convinced me to check out your content, what you want is for someone who enjoys that content to immediately be told subscribe so that you always get the newest episodes. So make sure that there are links, buttons, badges, whatever it is on every page. If it's a podcast website or if it's the portion of your pod of your website that has the podcast on it, those should be very, very clear. So if you have a sidebar, include a little spot with the subscribe buttons. If you have a footer, put them with your, you know, other social follow icons, things like that. But make it easy for people to subscribe to your content. That is the best way to ensure that they will become a loyal listener is if 
they get that content automatically downloaded to their, you know, preferred podcasting platform of choice. And of course, the last thing is they should be able to connect with you. Now, this is broad, right? This can mean a lot of different things, but it could mean follow you on social, email you, call you, uh, fill out a contact form, something, right? You want people to be able to respond and you want to make it easy for them to do that. And especially when we're talking about businesses who are having podcasts, um, this information really needs to be in your show notes. So if you are telling people, hey, thanks for listening to our podcast about accounting. By the way, if you're interested in accounting services, email me at blob at you know, accountingservices.com or give us a call into the office. Well, your show notes should have that email address and that phone number right there, especially especially because so much tran- you know, so much happens on mobile devices. If you're on a mobile device and there's a series of 10 numbers, you click on that, it starts dialing the phone. Right? What's easier to get somebody to call your office to start a business relationship with you than if they can click and start calling your office right then and there? Same thing with the email address. If you have xxx at blah, blah, blah.com, you click on it, every mobile device recognizes that as an email address and says, oh, I'm going to set up an email address. I'm going to set up an email for you. So set it up so that you can get emails. Better yet, uh, if you have any te- you know tech savviness, figure out the HTML code so that when they click that button, not only does it start an email address, it fills out a lot of the email for you. The subject, maybe a little bit of content in the in the message that says, "Hey, I was listening to your episode. Would love to learn more." Right? Just make it easy for people to connect with you. That's really what you want to have happen. So with a lot of websites, if I can't do those things without scrolling super far on the page, you have a problem. And that's probably one of the first signs that something is going wrong. Also, if the word podcast doesn't appear anywhere on your page, you have a problem, right? If I happen to stumble across your content because I clicked on a link that somebody shared and I don't see the word podcast, well, I don't know why I'm there. I don't know what I'm doing, especially if there's no audio player, subscribe buttons, whatever. These are these are itty bitty little things that can make a big difference in whether people are going to stick around and check you out or whether they're going to bounce pretty quickly. I just thought of a question that I want to dive a little bit deeper on this, that for a corporate podcast, corporate have really complicated websites. They have back end storage systems where people are posting the content and it looks pretty on the front end. It's not like a WordPress site often. And that can often like hamstring people like they can't make things look pretty because there's only so many templates that IT have given them to work with the website. Do you run into places where that there's like the advice that you would give is take your podcast and create a separate site away from corporate so that way you can control the user experience? Because I could easily see if you were anything within a Fortune 1000 company your website probably isn't designed to give anything useful for a podcasting website experience. So it, it it's an interesting question, and I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer for everybody. Um, what I would say is it, it's best to... It goes back to what's the purpose of this content. If the purpose of the content is to get people to learn more about your services and sign up, then you probably want them on your existing website so that if and when they're curious to learn more, right? What do we typically do as users? We go to the upper left corner of the webpage and we click on the logo for the company. And so if the logo is taking you to, 
you know, not the company page, but to a separate page, then you're probably not converting a ton of people into potential customers. So, you know, that would be my main argument for putting it within your corporate website. Now, to your point, if that's going to be the case and it's company.com slash media slash podcast slash this, like, right, like as soon as you say slash more than once, your website is too complicated for the people to remember. So at that point, buy a URL that is simple, right? Shownamecom or or companypodcast.com, whatever is, you know, whatever is going to make sense for you and just have that redirect to that complicated string of things that will eventually put people onto your podcast page. That's how you kind of eliminate that problem of a corporate, you know, over-corporatized website. However, there are, I think, some cases where having a separate show website might make sense. And that is when the show is really a form of entertainment, not as a way to inform about the company, but as something that the company simply sponsors. Right. So if we're talking about a show about, you know, truck enthusiasts that is brought to you by GM, maybe it shouldn't be that that takes you directly to the GM website where you are going to be thrown in your face to buy a truck from GM and, you know, sign up for this and right. Like it might not serve the same purpose as if, as opposed to if there was a show website where we can collect information about the users, you know, get them on a different email list, right? Like not really push truck sale type information right in their faces, but more gently with brand recognition, just say, by the way, we know you enjoy this content. You know who's giving it to you? GM, right? Like then it might make sense to keep that on a separate website. Um, But again, it depends on why you're doing it, what you're doing it for, and ultimately where you want that target audience to go. I was actually had this visual in my head of like a sliding back and forth. So I could actually see a corporate communication team, maybe of five to six people. Two people have said, let's do a podcast. The corporate maybe hasn't bought into it, but they have the yes, you can do it. Maybe also this person within this two person team think they have a really good idea, but there's a lot of things they got to keep track of the quality of the podcast, the content, the production, and those things are the most important part. I think there's a component of the website strategy that you don't want to launch a website that's really low quality while you're working on getting the episodes right and getting the idea right so that way it gets bought into the corporate structure and that everything is working there. And I think there is a sliding scale that depending where maybe your insecurity is or where you need the most focus of your time and you don't maybe have a team to just take care of your podcast website to make sure it's on par, there is a case where a company like PodPage can create that quick and easy podcast website that does all the marks that you just hit and allows the team, those two people within this large organization trying to do all these other things to focus on the content, to make sure that it does take off, that the quality is there from the very beginning. And then later on, you can PodPage isn't a really technical website that you can't just integrate and or even shut down and redirect to a regular, maybe more invested from a financial point of view website. And so if you are that type of person, like focusing on content and stuck on the podcast, Focus on maybe that website, check out podcast me anything forward slash pod page, and that will get you into pod page and that will get you within five minutes. You could have a podcast set up with your RSS feed, simple branding from your corporate callers. It would meet all the marks of what we just talked about. And so I wanted to give that to the listener because we get stuck in our own head 
And if you're trying to focus on one thing, move the needle on content, and the podcast website is stuck, but you need to have a podcast website that works. And to me, those three that you mentioned off is a no, like if you don't have those three, you need to pull back. And so PodPage has been, it's what this podcast is hosted on as well. So visit podcastmeanything.com to check out what that website looks like and how we utilize it. But it's a great way to push forward, to have an automatic website so that you can focus on content and get to the core of creating something that does entertain, provide value and grows. So that way you also don't have a consultant call in the future when like, are you kidding me? You're at episode 50 and the website still looks like crud. Like focus on what you can, but PodPage is a great tool to make it automatic. And again, that's podcast me anything forward slash PodPage. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have always espoused how much I love PodPage and I know other similar services, although, I, you know, PodPage is clearly my favorite. And they are adding new features all the time that aren't just a benefit for a podcasting website, but are just purely a benefit to the podcasters themselves, right? The ability to collect email addresses. We talked about connecting with folks. They've got a way to get all your reviews that you would get from iTunes right there, which you can get from other third-party services, but that's yet another fee that you would have to, another expense that you would have to take on as a podcasting client. You can submit a, a question. In fact, we have a button on Podcast Me Anything where you can start submitting questions that Ben will add, you know, go through and collate, and we'll start to have those be the questions that we ask on the show. But that's built right into PodPage. You can just go there, click the button, start recording your question, and boom, we've got it. We can use it. So it's a great way to efficiently build a podcast website that you don't have, also that you don't really have to maintain because the episodes update automatically. Now, you know, if you're in that other camp of people that needs it on your corporate website, well, then I would still maybe look at some pod pages as a good example of what they could look like because they're just clean and simple and they do the job. That is something that we can also get in our head. I'm glad you pointed that out of finding podcasts that you like and how they look and feel on their website and making sure on a corporate website that you're incorporating that feel because most IT people aren't going to have a template for a podcast. Most big, heavy HTML providers aren't going to have these templates already there. And so making sure you have a template to match I think that's really important if you're going to outsource someone else in the company to make sure that website works and is designed correctly. And again, I think if you're a corporate business podcaster, it's about focusing on where do you think your biggest insecurity is and what do you need to outsource right now so that you can focus on that insecurity now? Because the most important part of podcasting is to hit publish. And if anything's going to get in the way of you hitting publish, it needs to be managed and it needs to be taken care of because hitting publish is the most important part. And so you need to focus your efforts on that and making sure that that keeps happening on a regular basis and grow as you need. And the rest will take care of itself. But those the website is one that is just a travesty every time I see a bad podcast website. And I feel so bad because like anybody visiting it is just like, this website doesn't serve me. I don't understand what you do. And I really can't even find the right button to get me to Apple. Yeah, that's uh, it's a shame when something so easy could be, you know, when something that is so important could be fixed so easily. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Podcast Me Anything. We talked about a lot of great stuff. We dove into how it will fly. We talked about how your podcast needs a great website and one of those three different things to really, at the very bare minimum, hit that mark. And then also, we opened up with why it still works in a world that is still built with millions of dollars in podcasting. And while a business podcast is just getting started, has just as much success because at the end of the day, we're all RSS feeds. And we all have the same benefit. We're all in the equal playing field and we all have the capacity to reach the 7 billion people in the world. And that benefit doesn't ever go down. It just keeps going up. 
And so I really appreciate your time today, Matthew, and look forward to another episode of Podcast Me Anything. Thank you, Ben. Great to be here.